You're listening to the Calm Mind Confident Life podcast, full of guided meditations, relaxation audios, and an abundance of tips from inspiring people around the globe. This podcast is here to help you cultivate calm and embrace the power and freedom of believing in yourself. With your host and founder of Value Your Mind, Natalie Keeley. Welcome back to the show, guys. I hope you've had a good couple of weeks. So this episode, I am sharing a conversation I had with the wonderful Sapphire Bates. Sapphire is a female entrepreneur, and she has started not one, but two successful businesses. And she is only, I think, 25. So yeah, she has a real innate ability to kind of face risks head on and she herself has suffered from anxiety in the past so this episode is really talking about how to face your fears and how using failure is actually a really good tool to help you grow your inner confidence. So as I said I think you'll find this really inspiring and she has lots to share so I hope you find it useful and enjoy the listen. I'm obviously part of your business group. I'm just always so inspired by all these big decisions and life moves that you you make. And I thought it'd be really helpful to speak to you because I I feel that there must be inner confidence that you have within yourself to, to make all these amazing plans and decisions for your life and really take control of what you want your life to look like. I think when people say that, when it's you, you always feel like you don't. It's only when you sort of discuss or I discuss previous things that I've done that I think, well, yeah, I, I must do. But I, I think I am the same as everybody else and that I often question that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I guess that's that's um, that's really important to think about, isn't it? Because we all have those questions, but there's some of us that actually aren't able to get past that questioning stage. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Or how do you move past those? I guess sometimes with difficulty and sometimes with ease, it does depend on, on you know, what's happening in your life. But for me, it's always thinking about the outcome. So yes, some decisions are really scary. And quite often, the hardest things in life are are, are all around change. Whenever anything changes, it's always very difficult. Um, And making decisions is is sort of a part of that. But I always try and think about what, you know, what the outcome might be and how good it could be if, if whatever the decision, you know, if it works. It doesn't always. Sometimes you make a decision and you do regret it or you or you think actually this wasn't what I thought it would be but it's that keeping hold of that excitement and that that feeling of what it could be like if you know if you went ahead and did it so with your um your business setting up well you've set up two businesses now right yeah so with your first that was that was the flower business yes the flower ranger how did that come about and how did you kind of you know, find the confidence to start it but then also when it was like you know it's obviously done amazingly well to then end it and make another move so starting my business was a really really random decision so I was living in Thailand at the time in a tiny little village called Pai in the north um close to the Burma border and I was like, I didn't have a job. Um, I'd gone out there traveling and just ended up loving the place that, you know, Pi where I'd visited and um, ended up staying there, renting a little hut, um, which at the time I was calling home. <laughs> it was quite literally a wooden hut. Um, and I was running out of money and I'd quit my job to go out there and do it. So, I'd, I mean, that was already 
I guess, quite a scary decision. But I was, you know, sort of 20 years old at this time. And, and the younger you are, I think the easier those scary decisions feel. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I, I was trying to think for ages what I was going to do. And I, I think it's just the Aquarius in me, but I really don't like working for other people. I'm not very good at being told what to do. I prefer to sort of make my own rules and, you know, have my own freedom in my day and, and things like that. So I, essentially what happened was lots and lots of um, Skype calls with my mum, uh, with her throwing all different suggestions of possible jobs at me um, and me saying, no, 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 <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. No, that sounds boring. No, definitely not that. Um, to the point that I'm sure was very exhausting for my, my mum, who was a bit like, you've got to do something. And in the <laughs> end, she kind of just said, well, you know, like, why don't you just work for yourself? And I, it was really strange because honestly, up until that point, my mum, my mum has always run businesses. Um, she's run loads of businesses in her years. And I, I always looked at it and thought, you know, I never want to do that. I honestly had never, ever wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I couldn't understand why you would want to do something so risky when you could have a career and work up a career ladder and know what you were going to get paid every month. Mm. Um, to me, I'd always looked at entrepreneurship, which makes me laugh now because I'm, I've been in it for years. But I always just, yeah, used to be like, I don't know why you do that. It's crazy. All that risk and you don't know if it's going to pay off. But then when she suggested it, I don't know if it was just because of where I was or the fact that we had exhausted so many options. Um, and I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to do it. Um, and it felt, to be honest, quite easy when I was there because, you know, I was setting it all up so far away from home. It almost didn't feel that real. So did, because, you, did sorry, you, at that stage, because it sounds like what you're saying is you decided you wanted to be an entrepreneur or self-employed over actually the kind of what it was you wanted to do if you see what I mean like um so did the flower arranging come as like a thought after okay I want to work for myself uh no the other way the other way around so I had been before I'd gone to Thailand I had been a junior florist oh. well, an apprentice florist first mm-hmm. um and then a junior florist for a little bit um but I couldn't when my contract was up for renewal I couldn't agree um like the perfect wage or the hours I'd basically said I wanted to be paid more quite a lot more um now that I was a qualified florist or I wanted set days off a week because basically for years I'd been working multiple different jobs um but I didn't have set hours at work so in order to sort of pay all my bills and things like that I was having to work waitressing jobs and like cleaning jobs and stuff around it and I I didn't want to do that anymore um I wanted you know set hours like most people that have a job know roughly what they're working each week um so I went to my boss with an ultimatum at sort of I must have been 19-ish then um and she said no so that's how (laughs) my job came about because she basically said no you know I'm sorry I'm this is you know the contract is what it is and I then had to having given an ultimatum be like oh okay then uh well thanks very much yeah (laughs) Yes, I'll be off then. But even um, at, but even at that stage, you're already being very clear on what your kind of negotiables or non-negotiables are, aren't you? You're already moulding and deciding in your head. Actually, this is really important. I don't want this kind of life. I do want this kind of life. You know, definitely. And I think, to be honest, that's something I've I've always been like. Um, I'm, I am a nervous person, and I think that sometimes surprises people because I do 
make some quite confident decisions, but I am, you know, a very anxious person. I do suffer with anxiety, but equally, I, I've just always thought, you know, you don't know unless you try with anything. Mm. Um, and I don't, you know, I never wanted to be, I never saw myself stuck in a job that I, I wasn't happy with or didn't work for me. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had to leave and, and go to Thailand and, well, didn't have to go to Thailand. I decided to, <laughs> um, which was lovely. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, when the money was running out, it was, you know, lots of the options had revolved around flowers and, and I did, I did like being a florist, but I'd never, you know, weirdly enough, I'm probably the only florist that has never really been that in love with floristry. Um, which, you know, something that was always written on my, my flower website and, I'd openly say on social media, but when my mum suggested starting a business, the logical business was a flower business because I understood how they worked. The company I'd worked in was very small and I'd followed my boss and their journey quite closely. Um, so I kind of had potentially might have the skills under my belt to start a florist. Mm. When you were kind of setting up those bits, because obviously you understand the business and everything like that. So kind of from a practical point of view, I guess you, you're, you're able to um, set up the business and you've obviously yeah. had that experience of being with your mum and seeing her kind of in those in those roles of setting up businesses. But from kind of an emotional point of view, were there any barriers that were preventing you and did you how did you overcome them? Definitely. Fear was probably the biggest barrier, because even when you're setting a business up, um, I was setting up most of it from Thailand. So as I say, it felt quite removed. Mm. Um, you know, we, we chose a studio and stuff, but I didn't, it was all, transactions were all done online. Um, and my mum was doing a lot of the stuff at home. Sort of, I'd say, you know, can you go and look at this for me? Um, or what do you think of this? And working with a web designer and what have you. I think for me at that point, it was, it, I either had to go forward with it um, and try to get past that fear or I had to run out of money. Um, and I guess the fear of running out of money was stronger than the fear of trying to run the business because I didn't have any savings. I had lots of monthly outgoings, you know, rent, bills. Um, my car was on fire, brand new car on finance. Uh, my phone bill, like all different, you know, monthly payments. And, you know, if, if I didn't, if I didn't try and start the business, I would have to go and try and find a job. And, you know, I, I potentially would have no money for a while, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, it was almost like two fears and it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't even necessarily getting over my fear. It was just like, okay, well, do you want the fear of, of not having money and having to try and find a job? Um, and also, I wonder whether there is also that fear of, actually settling for something that you've already decided your in your mind is not you you know yeah definitely and the more the more I got into it the more I started building a website thinking about a brand the more excited I got about it and I think it is a case of letting yourself again thinking of the best that could happen so I was letting myself you know daydream of things that you know might never happen quite unlikely to ever happen but thinking of you know owning a, a million pound florist and you know, getting to fly all over the world. And they were the kind of things I was daydreaming about or, you know, one day being able to buy a place in Thailand where I'd been living so that I could still go back there and trying to not just focus on the how much it could fail, which is what I think our brains are almost set up to do. Yeah. Um, but allowing yourself to daydream about how good something can be. 
Yeah, definitely. And vis- and really kind of visualize it, isn't it? Like actually as a yeah. as a reality and um I, I actually I uh I was just I can't remember where I was reading it or listening to something, I can't remember, but um it was about dreaming and it was about talking about how actually we, we kind of the idea of um dream like dreams or or or, an, or you know dreaming as a child mm. or being a daydreamer or whatever is kind of seen as a negative thing, but actually it's it's so positive because it really helps you kind of see past your, your like see past your own fears, see past yourself, see past your ego, see past, you know, everything that could um, society is kind of saying, actually, mm. the reason you can't do these things. Um, I think that kind of ability to be able to dream the impossible or all the possible is actually a really helpful tool. Definitely. I'm a massive daydreamer. Um, live in my head a lot. Yeah, that's part of, I mean, I mean, it's, it's such a good it's not even a skill is it but it's such a good thing to do um and I think I've just I've just always been a, I just always ever since I can remember I was the, always in my head thinking oh imagine if I did this even as a kid imagining flying to space or whatever you know whatever I was the kid that would be given like a cardboard box and could turn it into like a million different things in my head mm. um and that's something I actively still push myself to do um I think the more you daydream of possibilities the more you almost believe that it could happen because if you've spent weeks and weeks or months and months daydreaming about doing something you've daydreamed about it so much that you've almost feel like you've lived it yeah definitely and it's it's kind of it's that imagination isn't it it gets the creative juices flowing I I think it's just it's like you said it's not it's not necessarily like a, a skill but um it's just that we have to get over this idea that it's something negative like you know sometimes I'll, I'll think god I've just I've just wasted a, a, you know half an hour just literally daydreaming <laughs> um yeah, but 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 um, yeah I'm probably downplaying it. it's probably not half an hour it's probably like two hours <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know actually you could rather than view it as oh I've just wasted these hours doing that actually you could view it as almost like a way of exercising your your mind like to kind of you know get the creative juices flowing get the imagination going to come up with ideas you know that kind of thing yeah definitely it's um I think most of the things I've decided to do have come out of you know daydreams and um things that I've I've dreamed and imagined up um it plays yeah like a massive role in what I do I always you know if I can't daydream then I I don't feel creative is there anything because obviously then from from building the business and all that kind of thing and I'm imagining throughout building the business it must there must have been a lot of those fears and that you know you said about the anxiety coming in to play a lot but yet you still kind of got over it you continued building it um is there is there anything that kind of helped keep anchoring you to this idea of the dream of the of the um the best thing that's going to happen idea the the thing that really propelled me forward in the first sort of year of the business was this idea that well not even an idea but the fact that i was at this point i was still working um <clears throat> sorry i was still working lo- lots of different jobs around starting my business so i was still doing things like cleaning car showrooms and um waitressing in restaurants and being a bartender um all these different I worked in a juice kitchen for a while um I was doing all these different jobs around trying to start my business and it was that feeling that carried on from my previous job where I was so bored of doing all these little you know doing 10 hours here 10 hours there um having to work evenings and 
all this kind of thing and get up really early. It was really the drive. I was like, I've got to make the business work. It doesn't matter how scary it is to do it. I've got to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck working these little tiny jobs forever. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll never be able to pull away from them if I can't make the business make money. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was, that was really pushed me forward because I was tired and I was working really hard. And I just, you know, I wanted to be able to say when someone said, what do you do? I just wanted to be able to say, I own a florist. Was there a point where you had to then take a bit of a risk as in, because I'm in that similar situation, I've got my business and then I also work in the NHS. Um, and that there is that fear and anxiety that I know that I want to kind of, if, if I stop doing this, the, the NHS and then I fall go for my business, that um, I'll be able to, it could, it could get to where I want it mm. to get because I'll have a lot more energy and time for it. But there is this bit of me that holds me back, which is that, that fear of failing and jumping into the unknown. I think firstly, sort of discussing the, the when to sort of leave your job, because actually I discussed this. This comes up a lot with lots of people I talk to. Um, because nobody really knows there's nothing in writing of when you should leave your job when you have another business mm. um, for me when I was working full-time I knew I wasn't spending enough time on my business you know an hour in the evening when I was feeling awake enough after a long day wasn't enough it wasn't you know there were so many things I could be doing to push the business forward but I didn't have time to do them you know I couldn't spend hours on Instagram trying to connect with new people. I couldn't come up with marketing plans. I couldn't create adverts. I couldn't, you know, spend as much time talking to as many people as possible to try and get more people aware of what I was doing. Um, I couldn't build my portfolio because I just didn't have the time. So very quickly, I went down from seven days a week at a juice kitchen. I basically, over the course of like two months, much to the annoyance of my boss. Um, I went from seven days to six days to five days to four days to two days um, <laughs> because I kept going in and having a meeting and being like, okay, I need more time. Like this isn't enough time to work on my business. Um, thankfully, my, you know, the business I was working for was a small business and um, Richard, my boss, who I'm still, uh, my old boss, but I'm still in touch with him now. Um, he was really understanding of that uh, and and sort of, probably did annoy him but he did I sort of did get what I requested um in terms of hours um eventually got to point yeah I worked 12 hours on a Monday and 12 hours on a Tuesday Mm. so although I'd cut my days down I hadn't necessarily cut too much money I'd kind of maybe halved um my wages um and then I was yeah waitressing still and uh I think I'd quit the cleaning by that point because I wasn't very good at it (laughs) too tiring um so that the practicalities of leaving a job is I think you are never, ever ready. And this is what I try to say to everyone. You will never feel ready to leave your full-time job because your full-time job or your part-time job or whatever job you're currently in that pays your bills, that's like your safety net. And that's where you feel most comfortable. And that's your safe there. You know, you're unlikely to, you might lose your job, but it's unlikely. Um, it's a lot less scary than having to make your own money in your business and try and make your business work. Mm. Um, but ultimately you can't, you won't ever know if that business is going to work whilst you still have another full-time job. You Mm. might know if you work one day a week or two days a week, you get a good idea. But if you're working five days a week for somebody else, you really can't judge how viable your business is. It's really about switching your mindset. So yes, what if it goes wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? But what if something great happens? And what if it all works out? 
And I think that's really the thing that carried me is, you know, every time you catch yourself thinking, what if it all goes wrong? You've got to switch up and think, okay, yeah, what if it does all go wrong? But what if it also all goes right? You know, and everything that I want happens. And that's like really powerful to do because the more you pick yourself up every time you think something negative, and in this case, you know, the fear and the worry, you flip it on its head. And after time, your brain almost starts to do that for you without you realizing. And you'll just naturally think of the positives before the negatives. Yeah, that's so, so true. And it's it's such a simple... Yeah, it's such a simple thing to do, isn't it? Um, to to kind of just because we we do it's always always our brains, like you said at the beginning, are, are kind of um, anchored to the, the negative um, rhetoric, aren't they? Like yeah, um, and it it's so it's so ingrained in us that we we often don't even notice it's happening, uh, and and we kind of just go with the the emotion, which like you said is the fear that prevents us, and we kind of don't even notice what actually led to that fear that's preventing us, what actually put that barrier in place that's stopping us definitely from that thing. Um, but as soon as you notice that thought process, you take a step back and think, okay, what was that negative thought? Let's flip it. What's the positive thought that I can have instead? Um, in therapy, we call it um, replacement uh, replacement thoughts. So like, okay. so yeah, you kind of just, um, as soon as you notice like a negative thought, you you do something to, to you, you replace it with a kind of more positive thought and you, and um, you can have like set thoughts that you want to replace it with each time. So like if you have like a certain mantra or something like that, that you, that's the positive thought that you want to replace, um, that you want to use as a replacement, sorry. Um, you can you can use that each time or you can just every time a negative thought comes up, you can think what's the opposite kind of thing. That's really like, cool. It's so interesting. I didn't know that had a name. So interestingly enough, um, my, I always call him my baby brother, but he's, he's quite old now, he's a teenager. <laughs> He would hate me calling him a baby. But ever since he was young, he would always come and sort of sit at the dinner table and be quite negative. And we always used to um, sort of laugh at him because he'd always have something to moan about. Or, you know, someone would say something about their day and, and it would always be my brother who had something negative to moan about or a TV <laughs> program or a movie. He'd be like, oh, but look at what they're wearing. Or it just, we always used to take the mick out of him in quite a general way about him being very negative. Yeah. Funny enough, we used we used to do what you know what you've just said is every time he said something negative, we'd ask him to say something positive straight after. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if he'd said like three negatives in a row, we say, okay, well now tell us three positive things about your day, or three positive things about the film you've just watched, or the the t-shirt that you don't like, or whatever it was. But it's so nice to know that has a name because we just used to sort of do it because it was always a running joke that he was negative and we wanted to hear him say yeah. <laughs> say something positive yeah yeah yeah. it's definitely it's um because because also the the thing is is um people forget that you know thoughts aren't facts so they're just they're just thoughts that kind of will then influence us and and make us behave in certain ways or make us make decisions and stuff like that but um with negative thoughts we often kind of almost see them as as facts in a way um yeah it's so true yeah and so uh so sometimes like yeah we're just so kind of drawn to what those those thoughts are that we forget that actually they're not a fact they've just popped into us head and we can easily change it it's it's we've got control to change our own thoughts so if we want to change it to a positive one we can simple it's <laughs> really clever yeah no it's amazing that kind of stuff fascinates me I studied um psychology when I was younger and the brain is just such a powerful um thing 
you know oh, so much okay, happens yeah. so much happens in there but yeah I've always I think I've always especially since I've, I've been more in control so maybe not so much when I was a teenager but since being an adult and being in charge of sort of my decisions and and the things that happen in my life I've definitely tried to always it comes back to daydreaming I guess again I guess um you know sort of always trying to if I'm thinking negatively and I am you know I'm not a typically upbeat person I am quite a negative person I've always sort of been like that and I think it's you know when you have anxiety and you worry a lot you do tend to view the negative and especially if you've ever suffered with depression or anything like that you can really find yourself always focusing on the negative and I've always tried to push myself to just flip it a little bit you know so what if something bad happens and I let myself think you know okay what is the worst thing that could happen but then equally what's the best thing that could happen and you know normally the the best thing that can happen is so amazing that it's worth pursuing yeah it's kind of following that thought all the way to the end isn't it actually okay yeah god this might happen I might not have any money and then what and then what and then what and then the same the positive like oh I might have lots of money and then what and then what and you can kind of like yeah both see then both end results and think actually which do I want to pursue right now definitely and sometimes what you can do that really helps is like a little exercise if you do feel that you're too scared to move forward is really plan out what would happen if the worst happened and then do the same for the best but you know this can be things like thinking okay well okay so if if it didn't work out and I didn't make any money, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. So, okay, before I take that leap, maybe I need to spend three months putting some money into some savings. Mm-hmm. So having a look at what I spend, seeing what I can cut back on um, and see whether maybe I can put a little pot together, which is like, you know, my worst day ever pot or my rainy day pot. And and then think, okay, well, if the worst thing happened, it might be really embarrassing if if I did it and it didn't work. And then you think, okay, but, you know, what's more embarrassing never ever having tried anything and Mm -hmm. and you know carrying on doing something you don't want to do or trying to do the thing you want to do failing and getting back up again because actually there's nothing I think society kind of tells us failure is bad but failure really isn't failures for the brave you know only the brave fail Mm -hmm. because they're the people that got up and tried and I think if you let yourself understand that there's nothing wrong with failing so if you're scared of doing something, the failure is the thing that holds you back. Like there's nothing wrong with failing. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of, you know, the most successful people in the world, they failed massively so many times before they found something that, you know, worked, whether that's sports or business or, you know, all different things in life, love and relationships, like you, you know, things fail often before they, they work out mm-hmm. and that's okay. And also if you think about it, like what, because it's you're so right you do you know failure that word it's just it holds such uh power in a not in a good way (laughs) um and like what like why is it why is it an issue I don't it's like does it matter it's your life at the end of the day like if you do something doesn't work and then you do something else like who who cares (laughs) I almost think it's got worse the more the more social media grows because you know, we now, before when you did something, if you failed, you might have only told, you know, before social media, you might have only told your close friends and your family or the people that are in your sort of immediate area and that you, you know, your community. But now that we have social media, we obviously have a tendency to tell people what we're doing. You know, we're documenting our whole lives and thus failure now is is seen by potentially thousands 
of people who otherwise would have had absolutely no idea what was going on in your life. Mm. And I think, you know, a big part of that is people almost, you know, you see everyone else doing well because people don't post the failures, you know, they post their best bits and you can feel like you're the only one that has failed at something. But actually, you know, everybody's failing. They just, they're just not shouting about it. Mm. And you, and, and, and like you said, you, from, from those you learn, don't you, you know, those are the biggest, the biggest, uh, moments of my life is is when I've when something's gone wrong or I failed because I've learned from that and it's been such a journey to develop myself and and what um what's important to me and what's not and how I work as a person in the world and what I can give the world definitely and and I you know last year my my sort of resolutions were to fail more I know it sounds so strange right but if you're failing more it means you're trying more so to fail more I had to give everything a go you know I had to say I'm going to see if I'm any good at this I'm going to try this I'm going to apply for this or I'm going to give this a go in my business you know the only way to fail is to do if you're not trying you can't fail at anything so actually yes I did fail at things and everything that I failed at I learned from but in telling myself to fail more and to let myself fail more I actually pushed myself much further forward than I would have had I had I ever not yeah do you know there's um someone was telling me because I was talking about like wanting to get back to the gym at some point um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know we, we're all talking about that right <laughs> oh yes um and uh they were saying they were giving me advice on uh, how to to build muscle and they said that you have to keep going until until you what's called I don't know if it's a technical muscle term but until you fail at the reps so okay. until you can't lift, you're literally lifting the weights and, and you fail and you have to kind of drop the weights or something like that, I guess. Um, yeah. and that's the only way your muscle will build. And I was just thinking as you were talking, like that's kind of like our brain muscle as well. Like we kind of almost have to fail in order for our brain muscle to uh, build. Yeah, because the more you try things and the, you know, the more you put yourself out there, it does get easier mm. because once you failed at some things, you look at the things, you know, I look at some of the things I failed at and I think, oh, at the time that felt heartbreaking or you know really important and and now it's just a thing that happened that I learned from and it, it you know it's just a part of the story and it makes me less scared to try the next thing because I'm like well I've come back from that and I've tried that and, and everything I failed at I've still picked myself back up and carried on um I think it's definitely like mindset is the biggest the biggest thing so then you decided from that to quit and start everything all over again <laughs> <laughs> yes um yes yeah. so after all that journey <laughs> I know and 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 you know what but it was like I loved the journey um yeah. and I learned so much but yeah about so very recently I think it got announced maybe September October time um I'd had a so um for those that don't know uh my florist was predominantly like a wedding and events florist um, or that by by last summer, that's what we'd sort of merged into. Uh, and I'd, we'd had our busiest year yet. Um, we'd done so, so, so many weddings and, and really quite big, you know, weddings. We were building installations and doing hanging designs, um, building big flower arches and creating things I'd never created before and didn't know how to create until we created it. And it was, yeah, it was going really, really well, but I was stressed. I was, you know, I was, my anxiety was back. I was stressed. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, because why do you think that was? I think it, it's just a high stress environment. And and I, as I say, I'm a, I am an anxious person by nature and I am, 
quite prone to getting stressed. Although I like, can like a high pressure environment, I think years of being in it was starting to take its toll. And, and maybe just the fact that, you know, I'm 24 now, I'm very, I'm a couple of weeks away from being 25. And I, what I wanted had changed since I'd started the business I just was thinking I wonder whether as well like you said because it's it wasn't the flower arranging that was driving you it was actually the the entrepreneurship of it that actually actually you kind of done all that process hadn't you you'd built a business you'd done everything it got to where kind of the dream of where you'd wanted it to get to that thing in you that entrepreneurship that Mm. building a business that kind of thing had maybe dwindled a little bit definitely well so so as this was going on I'd also you know we were doing all this work really hard but I'd also spent I launched my second business in June so I still had the flower ranger at this time and I'd been planning to launch that like I'd been trying to launch that for about eight months before we launched on the first of June um you know if it, it was whereas my first business launched and it was just a I'm gonna put a website up and learn as I go and adjust as I go and figure out on the way there wasn't that much pre-planning. It just happened. Um, with my second business, I think a mixture of it being a totally different type of business um, in an area that I wasn't that familiar with um, and having learned business for a few years, you know, having done it before, I'd learned lots of stuff. So the second time around, I really planned for eight months mm-hmm. um, and built it slowly. And, you know, before we launched, like, everything was ready. It, it was pre-planned for a few years. Like I really, really thought about everything. Um, and I'd launched that and that launched, launch when, I mean, we did uh, talking of failure, we did have a massive failure when it launched, we had two, but, but the actual, you know, the, the reception or receiving of it was really good and it took off really quickly. Um, so then I had this thing that I really loved doing, which was my second business and I was really enjoying and I felt really passionate about. And then I, I had my flowers, which I was really proud of. And it was my baby and my first thing. I basically had to sit down and kind of analyze my feelings and analyze what I actually really wanted. And and what I kind of figured out from doing that was the reason I was holding on to the flower ranger and carrying on with it was almost um, a fear, again, fear of what people would think. So mm-hmm. to, to close a successful business, I would say, will, you know, will people think less of me because I've closed it and I've gone back to just having one now really small business that's brand new you know, what will people say? What will they think? Um, and that's a really almost painful thing to admit to yourself that you're that bothered by what other people are going to think and, and that it's actually your pride getting in the way. And then, you know, ultimately it was like, okay, well, what's more important to you, your, like, to me, my pride or my happiness and doing something that, you know, I'm really in love with. And, and also, I guess, well, I suppose you're not going back to the beginning because you've learned so much through through your business, but you know mm. that there's there's an element of you, you're going to be going through all those similar emotions that you went through when starting your first business. And that's that's quite scary as well in itself, as well as people's judgments and all that stuff that you have to manage. Oh, yeah, it was it was really that whole sort of I've been having that thought of closing the business for sort of the entire summer, but I just hadn't voiced it to anyone. Um, and one of the things that, you know, apart from fear of failure, well, again, no, it's the same, fear of what people think. It was the fear that, that actually I'd almost been in a safety net. You know, my first business was running successfully um, to a certain extent. And my second business, when I launched it, didn't feel as risky because I still had the first one. 
And, you know, if it went wrong, yes, it might be a bit embarrassing, but I've got another business that's currently paying my wage to fall back on. Um, So when I then closed that or, you know, seriously thought about closing it, it was, you know, now there's that whole fear again of if this doesn't work out, then then what? But, but (laughs) But I guess, like you said, you do then with every experience you can get to know the process is a bit like what we were saying with your thoughts and stuff the more you can step back from it and notice the pattern that's going to happen the more you can predict for it the more you can um you know know okay well this is just what's going to happen this is going to ha- come up I'm going to start feeling these feelings of fear but I can use and master all the you know use all these tools that I've used before to help me get through it and just being, I think as well, like, especially in businesses where aware that not every business will work out. So, you know, when I was really scared and I was worried again, because my mom's an absolute angel, um, should have bought her on here. <laughs> um, she sort of said to me, she said to me, you know, yes, you know, this, you might focus on this business full time and yes, it might not work out. She was like, you're totally right to feel those fears. You know, that might happen. That could happen very easily. But she was like, you need to remember that you've done this twice now and you've managed both times. You know, you've landed on your feet. She was like, if this fails, you'll be able to do it again. And it kind of took someone else saying that to me to be able to believe it. Like, I would never have thought those thoughts to myself, but having someone else say, and I thought, yeah, do you know what? Actually, this is my second business. I've now spent mm, four or five months just relying on this business and, you know, and it's, it's working. And if it, if it fails, it fails. But I'm sure I'll be able to think of something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, having a belief in yourself, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, I think it's important to have other people around you that believe in you. Because there are those moments when it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can put in all these things, you can tell yourself all these things. But actually, it's really difficult to summon up that belief, isn't it? But definitely. then someone else can step in and give it to you. It's great. <laughs> Totally, 100% agree. So then you kind of did another step of into the fear, which is really <laughs> to Ibiza. Yes, so... I feel like uh, you yeah. really like this fear feeling. <laughs> I actually, I, 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 I don't, but I keep doing it. Um, <laughs> I think it's almost because once you let yourself dream of, of what, how good life can be, you almost don't want to then accept that it's not, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I'm not sure if I phrase that very well, but almost you know I've started doing all these things and I've just you know I now sort of ask myself instead of thinking why should I do it it's almost like why should I not do it and then I had this sense after closing my florist I had this real big sense of freedom again like my my second business the coven it you know it's all run from online it I work from a laptop and I've never been in that position before I've always been to, tied to a job or a place mm-hmm. um so I guess it just got my mind going again. And yeah, somehow, um, within about three weeks, I went from living at my parents to living in Ibiza. The speed of it, I, I'm, I'm quite an impulsive person and I have a really bad habit of, um, well, not a bad habit actually, I guess, but I, I will almost say yes without thinking things through. I, I have do. been known to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know I do that as well. And actually... Uh, I do th- I do actually think it's I mean there's negatives to it 
but um like you I do overthink things and um overanalyze and things like that mm. um but then there's this other side of me that says just says yes to lots of things very quickly without thinking and it's not till literally like the last moment when I'm getting on the plane to go wherever I'm going on my own or whatever that I'm like why are you doing yeah. this yourself again you know but by that point it's too late you're already you know you're already doing it and I think that's kind of good because actually if you if you stopped and you thought like you know we were saying like stopped and thought about all the reasons why you shouldn't do it and things like that it does make it a lot more difficult to then jump into that that fear jump into that yeah it's it's terrifying if you let yourself do that I wonder whether it's slightly almost a subconscious thing that we kind of just do do all the things so that then we we can't get out of it in a way definitely it's almost a really good thing to do I mean it has its bad times too of course yeah um (laughs) you can't do that with everything um but it does you know it does help me get things done that I otherwise would talk myself out of definitely yeah well you've shared loads and loads of tips and I um I do ask people at the end if they've got kind of three takeaway tips from calm and confidence that they want to share I don't know if there's anything else that you want to add I think we've said most of it but I I think really it's allowing it's, it's you know one your mindset so really anytime inner confidence and inner calm kind of comes from allowing yourself to to think of the worst but then flipping it and thinking of the best Mm-hmm. Um, and balancing that mindset. I think number two, accept that you will fail at things in life, but that that's okay. And actually, if you strive to fail more, um, you'll achieve more. Yeah. And sometimes the best lessons in life you'll learn will come from failures that you didn't want to happen, but did. Um, and they'll lead to something even greater. I think, you know, almost that, you know, there's certain doors that are there for us, but you've got, to, you know, one's got to close on you for another another to appear that was the right door for you um and just know that yeah the things that happen in life sort of happen for a reason you know trust Mm -hmm. that something you really wanted didn't happen something else that you you know that's even better will Mm -hmm. um I think number three might just be really really simply which is much easier said than done but is really allow yourself to like love yourself um and all like but love like the bad bits and the good bits of you like I really for me this year I'm really trying to love all of me you know not never be too hard on myself you know I always berate myself for things and I think oh you're no good at this or you shouldn't have said that or you're so awkward in public or you know whatever it might be but actually like I want to love myself for those things because you know we're all we're all humans and we're all worthy of love and sometimes if you just let yourself love yourself you might feel a little bit more confident um, you know, if you if you love yourself, you'll trust yourself. And that sounds a bit airy-fairy, but I do think it's important. Those three kind of summarise everything that we've talked about really nicely. Yes. So thank you so, so, so much for coming on. You're um, so welcome. And um, yeah, I um, look forward to kind of following your journey. Um, if people want to find you and find out more about you, where would they find you? Um, so you can either search the Coven Girl Gang um, on Instagram or Facebook, um, or you can search Sapphire J Bates, um, and you will find me. Mm-hmm.